Hi guys, welcome to 8th episode of EdTech Crowd Podcast. Here is Mateusz Szerbiński and in this series I talk to founders, innovators and people important for EdTech scene. This podcast is powered by EdTech Poland Foundation, the community of EdTech startups from Poland. If you would like to learn more about EdTech Poland Foundation, please check www.edtechpoland.pl. In this episode, I will interview Eymantas Bekeza, CEO of Membi. He used to be a tutor from Lithuania who, based on his passion to education, started one of the first one-to-many educational platforms in Europe. Hello, uh, Eymantas. Uh, welcome to EdTech Crowd. We are glad to have you uh, here. So I always start from uh, hearing the story. So what's your story? How did you end up in the EdTech uh, industry and why? Yeah, yeah. Um, hi, Mateusz. Um, it's really the case that uh, I get invited to EdTech um, podcast. It's actually my first one. So a pleasure to be here. Being an EdTech startup, you're mostly um, a most startup. So you, 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 get, you get to meet a lot of uh, you know, a podcast host who are mostly startups. So yeah, so thanks a lot for that. Um, so just in short, uh, my career, I would say, started uh, when I was in eighth grade. <laughs> um, you, you know you know the saying that uh, when you know the subject well enough, you are able to explain it to others. So, uh, so, so, so being sort of a geek, I was always preparing for like physics and uh, Olympiads. Um, I, I started to explain maps and physics to, to, to my classmates. And this basically was my first probably career move in education. In 10th grade, I remember that I substituted my first lesson to my classmates and, uh, um, and other classes in my school. Um, from, from 11th grade, it became uh, my part-time job, being, like providing me um, additional income. And uh, so yeah, so so education uh, stuck with me. I was always, uh, you know, this uh, this geeky kid uh, who was uh, learning at uh, um, in, in in between the lessons, <laughs> who was studying physics and uh, spending like you know four hours a day just preparing for Olympiads. Um, came to become um, quite a good physicist. Uh, won the national Olympiads, uh, national physics Olympiads uh, a couple of times, um, and uh, and and yeah, from, from my career. I'm computational. Um, I, I studied computational physics, but fun fact about me: I don't know anything about code. I don't know how, but I, it just didn't stuck with me. Although I I went through all the coding classes, uh, right for, like from you know from Java um, and C plus plus to Assembler, but I don't. I, I mean, the best thing I could do maybe is a hello world <laughs> thing, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, uh, this was, um, and actually, when you study such a broad, you know, concept as a, as physics, you have you have all the options and none of the options. You know, like you, you don't have a career, so you have to basically figure it out yourself. Who are you as a person? So I've tried a bunch of things, and uh, what stuck with me was actually project based um, entrepreneurship. Um, I've you know tried to do multiple uh, projects and and successfully failed, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> I would say my my my, my um, defining moment was like in, maybe in third year of university. Uh, I started uh, working in being as an intellectual property consultant, working with uh, patents, basically drafting them. So 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 it was hands on, you know, with um, 
various uh, fresh ideas and and this really fascinated me and uh, um, this is where I, I understood that okay okay I'm not a physicist actually um, I'm an entrepreneur um, and uh, yeah spent a couple of years there uh, a couple of years doing my own uh, successful failures um, then a couple of years in e-commerce was like one of my, one of my longest projects uh, to, uh, before before maybe and uh, yeah, then then me and my current co-founder Sylvester, we were former classmates, uh, so we uh, so, so we basically co-founded our first startup, which was the food tech thing. Um, so you know, um, being in being in Vilnius, uh, a fresh student, we were always uh, uncertain about like what places to to go to. Like you could read recommendations, but like nothing incentivizing, you know, about that. So we we created an app. Uh, which basically um, could uh, show you various, you know, deals around you, um, and it was uh, it was it, it was a kind of a successful thing. We were pre-revenue yet, um, and uh, we were still to figure out the business model. But uh, we got initial good initial traction, especially in the student areas uh, where we lived ourselves, you know. And uh, um, yeah, so so, so uh, we nearly got the product market fit there, and uh, got this additional traction, like fifty locations there and on the app. Uh, but then COVID hit us. So, uh, you know, all the restaurants closed down. We were inviting people to come to the restaurants. And the, the very moment we heard that, you know, like uh, it's lockdown, the very moment we understood that, okay, we are not going to live this through. We were too fragile being, you know, the, the bootstrapping without any revenue. Um, so, uh, so this is why we decided to, you know, um, close it down. And uh, in the meantime, actually, I was all I was always teaching on the side, like you know, I was you know studying, having full time job, and and teaching on the side because like I, I, I was passionate about that, and also it provided me the income which was needed to uh, to invest in all the all the random stuff we have done. So, so, uh, so yeah, and I and I understood that okay uh, for a year basically I was the and understanding like how can I you know make a scale up to that like what's next you know is it is it is it is it that is it it you know like uh, to teaching um is it like you know you can only just just teach the 40 students or whatever amount of students and 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 and, and that's it uh, and and they looked around and you know, having the network of like former Olympiad winners, um, former like like you know Cambridge graduates, like awesome, awesome, awesome people. Um, I saw that basically everyone loves teaching. If they started, you know, doing that early on, like like it's 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 just you know a good thing to share your knowledge. It's 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 really fulfilling uh, to a certain extent, you know. And mm-hmm. and and then you, I started hearing out you know stories that okay now I, I got you know to a certain age where I need to figure out like am i am i a teacher you know for for for, for life and then you are you know this uh, this um, su- successful let's say in career where you graduated from cambridge or you know like you're this uh, you have all the you know um all the skills to pursue something more um let's say prestigious you, I, I saw that I saw the tendency that people around me started to drop, you know, quit teaching, and 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 actually, and this this was uh, an idea of my own. For you know, I I, I thought that definitely I have to quit teaching, um, and it's just temporary, you know, solution. And then I understood that okay, so the top teachers, we uh, we will never be teaching. You will always lose them because you know, like the, the government will not change in in a day. Uh, the salaries mm-hmm. will not change. Uh, 
you know and 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 thus this is this is this was like the first premise um of of the you know of the idea and the other one being that um, i was always you know passionate about uh, providing more you know to reaching out more people and, and sharing that sort of magic which you can do in a lesson to more uh, to a bigger audience combining those two led to think about uh, how to do massive lessons, how to do massive lessons online without any barriers and how to do them without losing the excitement, which this is the difficult part. Um, so yeah, so 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 uh, in the same week which we closed when we closed our Twitter startup, uh, we actually um, digested things for like a couple of days and 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 right away we went <laughs> to the new to the new venture. Um, yeah, so 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 uh, we opened the Facebook group, and because we were smart now, we knew that okay, we are not going to create any platform, no investments. I, I needed actually, if you want to just show your concept, so we just opened the Facebook group. I started teaching my, I started doing my math and physics lessons. If you wanted to be in a group, uh, you had to pay like eight euros a month. And uh, Celeste, as my co-founder, ran the ads, and this was it. <laughs> this was the concept, and I know this is extremely popular popular in Poland. I know there are so many Facebook groups uh, who do that for free. It wasn't available back then in Lithuania. So uh, so, so um, this was a new thing, I would say. Um, but then the, uh, um, the approach which we took is we understood that we are a startup from day one, you know, and, and, and uh, we listened and asked our you know, customers, how can we improve this? What, what, what is good? What is bad about this? You know, so we uh, love the, um, I would say, um, you know, um, anonymity of it there you can just jump in or out and uh, you know you you are you don't feel obliged to to, to be um in, in the lesson uh, whereas you know if if we were to uh, to do one-on-one you would feel obliged to come of course uh, and uh, so yeah so so we love that but we hated the delays we hated that you know isn't are you going always just talking yourself like is, is it you know just one way um content uh, it doesn't seem you know fun so 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 we picked up all the little small you know requests of our customers and uh, and we done this okay so so you know we we have all the features like which zoom has to offer facebook live whatever you know and now let's try to figure out which ones are the perfect fit for not massive not like you know lessons where thousand people come in but like 15 plus you know like bigger than you can manage uh, in in a regular zoom class so uh, yeah, so this this is why so we picked this is how we picked our features and uh, hired like you know a junior programmer uh, made a shitty version of that <laughs> and uh, launched it and this was the product which launched basically not this school year but uh, last school year on September with like five features uh, five thousand euros budget and uh, while bootstrapping fully in the PAD. Yeah, um, we, we came to become one of the biggest non-formal education providers there. Um, we taught uh, we taught uh, three and a half uh, thousand students last school year. This school year, we'll, we are close to like ten thousand students. Um, and uh, and yeah, so basically, this is this is the story. This is the concept. Yeah, the, it's really impressive. I see you are a startup, uh, you know, by heart. You appreciate your failures and uh, have uh, like a positive approach to them that's i think uh, one of the uh, key to success to 
keep motivated for a long, a longer time. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's really impressive story. So maybe can you tell us a bit more what is Mambi now? And yeah. was uh, we know the initial story and you started during the pandemic, which is also interesting. And how do you mm-hmm. see it now? And then also when the pandemic is uh, getting endemic, like some people say, or is getting over, some other people mm. say, oh, we have just a break. But how do you see the impact also of the changes uh, from pandemic situation to not pandemic situation? Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so uh, basically, Mateusz, accidentally, uh, we created Europe's first uh, one-to-many um, online live, uh, basically large, large, large class teaching platform. Uh, so the way we work is uh, we have a schedule of lessons to which if you subscribe, students can just come and join, jump in um, at, at, at predetermined times. And uh, a super teacher, you know, um, greets them. Why a super teacher? Because we can uh, offer the best uh, wages for those teachers basically in Europe um, for, for live lessons. And, uh, and, and uh, many students join. On average, I would say like 30 students join. And uh, we, we, we join our own designed classroom with selective features, which are basically designed to keep the engagement to its maximum capacity and, and to, to, make, to, to, make, to make sure that everyone who wants to be interacting is can interact and is interacting so uh, yeah that's basically the concept and uh, the pandemic really like like you know the point of uh, basically um, my point of view for, for the pandemic is that uh, it really helped uh, to, to to trump you know to it, it acted as a trampoline i would say maybe um, it really helped us to to be um, cost efficient when launching uh, but uh, but then again Um, and and the, then was the question, you know, basically, which uh, all the investors around us who were watching our story, our, how it unfolded, was questioning, are we a result of pandemic and, and you know, get, can act as a, let's say, as a pill for the pandemic, for pandemic periods only? And, you know, um, once the pandemic is over, are we out or are we, you know, going to, 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 to maintain Um, uh, our, you know, activity. And this is something which I know for certain and why for certain, because I have been talking with like, you know, top top leaders of uh, EdTech all throughout the world uh, regarding this. Um, It's that pandemic really, you know, boosted basically trampoline the online education uh, usage uh, throughout the world. And after the pandemic, it dropped but it dropped to a higher level than it was pre-pandemic uh, and 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 then and now it's basically once again on the same growth curvature so you know like imagine imagine a slope where you, where you where you you know uh, which is steadily growing you you have covid slight major jump post covid uh, drop but the, the you know you you're you're dropping higher on the same curve which is which is continuously still growing so Um, when will we reach in this normal world, let's say the pandemic usage rates, I would say maybe in a couple of years, but it's it, we are getting there all, already. So uh, for us, it means that we are here for the long run. We, people are appreciating uh, appreciating the concept. They enjoy that it's 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 easy to use. I don't have to drive, you know, I don't have to commute and and it's uh, you know for for some it's it's uh, even uh, more appreciated than physical. Education. Actually, your model 
uh, inspired me to some kind of thoughts um, about what is more efficient or what is more attractive in education. Like you have a star teacher for more uh, students and maybe uh, have lower kind of interaction, yeah. but the teacher is like awesome, you know, uh, or to have like mm -hmm. smaller group, but with the average or even lower than average teacher, like a bad performing teacher, let's say. So what's your thoughts about this? I, I think there mm -hmm. is no like a one proper answer to be honest, but what yeah. are your thoughts about this? <clears throat> exactly, exactly. That. So what I understood, there is no one cure uh, for global education. Like there will never never be you know one single solution to to, to fit all needs. Uh, we are very different people, and 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 it's good you know we will work very differently. You know people are working very di differently when they graduate from universities or schools, and um, um, you have different needs and uh, different habits of learning. So what I feel is that. Um, the, the way we basically calculate, you know, uh, let's say segment users is very uh, primitive, but it, it my gut feeling is saying that it, it this is this is the way uh, this is the the actual truth of of the market is that um, let's say like uh, you can basically split in three segments. So for 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 one third, you will always need personal touch like it has to be you know to the maximum personalization and you know that person will always choose the average let's say you know teacher which will be one-on-one -on -one. and why average is because the top talents we are not affordable to majorities you know you're always down to what market can provide for you so so for big audiences big supply has to be there so and thus the quality drops so but but yeah but we are choosing because you know this is what I need. This is what I'm doing tomorrow. So can you please explain that? So, so uh, uh, personalization will always be there. Uh, the question: What for? In what format? So I'm not sure if it will be it, 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 whether it will stick to like peer to peer or one on one, because peer to peer is now being more and more active as more and more students are getting connected. So it means that you know more talented ones are able to reach out to the to, to less uh, to, to, to less progress. Um, but uh, but yeah, the uh, second third is those who are I would say tech savvy students who will pick any innovation there is you know vr um content ai based content platforms test platforms and they they are fine with that and they can push and work on their on themselves i was actually in this in this group uh, really falling in love with can academy and everything i could find you know and i just online uh this was always me and uh, and then there is the last word which which i would say is our segment is those who uh, do want some content online, but we are not sure, you know, like uh, where we stand, where we fit. So, so those, you know, I would say like motivating uh, teachers uh, come into place and, and, and let's say rock stars and uh, shake things up. So uh, for, for them, uh, this is what, what really sticks. Yeah, very interesting uh, how you divide the, those uh, segments. I think uh, it would be nice actually to, to do the more researches about it because it's, <laughs> It's a really interesting concept, uh, it really inspired me, and um, I think it has a lot of potential. Okay, so can you tell us more or less where you are right now with the project? Like, uh, what do you consider as your successes so far? What are mm -hmm. your challenges and the goals for next year, this year? Yeah. 
I would say one of the biggest uh, successes was uh, figuring out the business model. Uh, so uh, we made a major shift uh, in terms of uh, being firstly opt-in to now being opt-out. So opt-in meaning that I can, you know, um, the student has to make an action to subscribe. The subscription ends and it, that student has to make an action to, uh, you know, subscribe once again. Whereas now we are, we have, we are having the opt-out model where a student is, subs is subscribed and needs to make an action in order to cancel their subscription. Uh, this extra kick of motivation basically helped us to grow like three X. Um, so uh, this, this was one of our successes, which led to understand that motivation is really important. And sometimes, you know, just being uh, an active paid user means that I have the, the in, enough motivation to be, to be learning for longer periods and thus receiving higher, you know, uh, outcomes. So uh, this is, this is uh, I would say, one of our biggest uh, successes this year. And uh, just for the listeners, uh, basically, in which level we are, we are in, in pre-seed stage. Uh, a year ago, we closed. Uh, um, a pre-seed round of roughly a million, and uh, and now you know we, we made that shift actually after our investment to to to, to that uh, opt-out model. Um, um, in terms of challenges, I would say that uh, we are being heavily challenged by by uh, by let's say by by the investors or like those who speculate the model, whether whether this model can really work um, in low uh, in less less let's say populated you know areas um, less populated countries because one to many now only worked in those uh, super countries uh, like you know uh, Russia China India uh, Brazil um, Vietnam has has its own success actually as well but but nothing really um, at, at that that scale worked in Europe yet. Um, and uh, we are still figuring out uh, what is needed for, let's see, like what is the common denominator? Because the question which we are still trying to figure out is uh, whether Lupinia is a unique case which just finds this concept useful because like we see that it is you know like steady you know growth uh, growing by a multiple every year um and it, it will continue to grow uh, uh and uh, or whether you know there is some common features which are which we are still uh, which are still yet to be identified which will allow us to basically uh you know um crack market by market really really fast so um this is something which we are now uh, heavily heavily trying to understand like what what is the level of onboard and needed uh, for this model to really uh, start scaling up internationally and what is the customer success um, uh, you know processes and flows needed uh, to retain the existing customers I know that uh, right now you uh, operate uh, in uh, Lithuania of course your local yes. market and in Greece maybe can you tell us a bit how did you choose Greece uh, why why there yeah um, so basically we tried to uh, you know when, when it comes to market picking it's 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 a philosophy on its own i would i would say and uh, what we understood is that there is no good way like you know i we used to ask uh, multiple 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 people like you know and and successful who who done successful entrances were investors uh, you know for uh, startups who made exits uh, startups who just started and we tried to build the common formula like understand what's what's the process there and actually there isn't any you you can ask one person and they would say 
yet you know you have to do your homework and like you know you know bring bring 20 uh, different uh, let's say you know data points and uh, really build up a formula of uh, assessing the market uh, the others just you know we just uh, uh, Pray, <laughs> you know, randomly uh, uh, dropping finger on the map and and pray, uh, and 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 the, let's see, the last group uh, just goes out and talks to people, and this is where we we, we understood that okay, we'll do uh, we'll do basically two things, um, we'll do research, but on the level where we just have the top view. Um, so uh, our top view was actually condensed only to two points, so um, teaching level and uh, and uh, basically uniformity of education educational system which this is a unique metric actually but it allows us to have this schedule working like let's see what, what is that is basically you know like germany is a truly fragmented market in in, in the sense that um uh, all the uh, many educational decisions are made um you know, um, in in between locally, in between the yeah. states and yeah yeah and locally and and, and this basically means that uh, the schools are studying extremely different things at the same time uh, uh, nationwide, whereas let's see in Greece it's the most uniformal educational system meaning that it's really top down where like basically if if we if they put like you know there are only a couple of textbooks so basically everyone is studying logarithms at the same time so this allows just to be more relevant which is which is important for the concept um, and then we looked into tutoring and we see we saw that uh, Greece is just a dysfunctional country in that sense like 95 percent plus to uh, high school students partake after school tuition which is basically it just shows that it, it, public education doesn't work, and uh, and 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 we, there is a need for something to disrupt, you know, the, the space. So this is what what we looked into. Now I would look in more into uh, actually uh, digital consumption because, as I mentioned, now you know, be, being uh, being us being so digital um, and Greeks being so traditional, uh, we do see that there is friction in that sense. So uh, so so yeah, I would I, I would maybe look into a couple of more metrics now. <laughs> Um, do you consider yourself that you are like uh, fixing the market of tutoring or you create like a totally new market? Like, do you, do you think um, like th those students usually use the tutoring before and they started doing it a different way or you ra rather approach the people who never done it or rarely? It's it's a good question and it all depends on the market as well as I mentioned. Like if we if we were to do you know high school tutoring in, in Greece, we are definitely taking away you know like um, uh, customers from one on one. Uh, but uh, but uh, I would say like eighty percent is creating, twenty percent is this gray area overlapping with one on one. Um, it, it it all comes down to let's say a willingness to pay. Um, uh, and if 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 uh, you know there are so many families um, and uh, which are you know which basically have basically I would say all families have their own scale in terms of how much we want to invest to their child's um, needs after after school you know so so for some it's zero and actually it's like for at least a third of students it's zero you know a third of families like you know you can learn whatever you find online or in library or ask a friend but you know when it comes to paying 50 cents no um, and, uh, and 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 it's and, and then it becomes it goes up and up and uh, tutoring unlocks only like you know to like I would say like 
top uh, top third maybe of of of, of the you know um, of of the families. Um, in Greece, it's even cra- more crazier. But but the families are, are just you know they they will do everything. More more families are using one on one, but the spend expenditures are just insane. Like two hundred fifty euros plus is something which which uh, um, yeah costs for one child to, to go to, to to go to spend like you know um, uh, for after school tuition. And, uh, and 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 so thus we feel that we are inventing, uh, unlocking, you know, making making teaching accessible for uh, for those who weren't affording that previously. Interesting. I uh, also seen on your social media that you were uh, doing some help for Ukrainian refugees. Uh, you were engaged mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. uh, project. So maybe can you yeah. tell us a bit more about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we didn't want to do that. <laughs> Uh, in a sense that you know, like it's 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 really time-consuming, and and uh, but 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 when we looked into you know the situation, we've spoken we've spoken with the European uh, Council and uh, many many organizations um, right away when when the situation happened, and we understood that there is not like like you know the EPEC um, family in Europe is really vast and, and active, and uh, but but it was really hard you know to understand like what can you know let's say a coding school do or you know or like any like this content platform which didn't have any Ukrainian content so it's and then you saw like for us it's like it's simple just throw in Ukrainian teachers and they can teach to many students you know do, do live lessons and and this is where we understood that we are ready and we are the only ones ready you know to do um, live teaching at scale um, or live teaching at scale uh, so so thus uh, we decided that we can't be just papers you know and, and not do anything um, or like you know send money and maybe, you know put a plus sign that okay we, we, we don't have our, our part and we wanted to do something deeper so this is why we collaborated with like with a Ukraine, private Ukrainian school they you know uh, basically integrated all the teachers and they, they've done the uh, the lesson for uh for the Ukrainian students and uh, this is something which we will most likely do the next school year as well as the Ukrainian schools will not get rebuilt in a day and uh, and there, there will be definitely a need for uh, for scalable live uh, learning yeah I I really like the simplicity of of this solution like you know uh as you said uh, you could quickly adapt to the situation which uh, not many solutions could actually do it okay um so uh, I always uh, like to um share uh, our guest knowledge about the local market so people from other countries the the, the audience of this yeah. podcast is is really international I I uh, would like to say hello to all of the people uh, from different countries. Um, so, Hi, um, everyone. Can, you, <laughs> can you tell us a bit more about the um, education and also ed tech uh, industry in Lithuania? And mm-hmm. uh, do sure. you see anything specific about your country comparing to other countries, like when you yeah. uh, study them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so first of all, maybe I will start from edtech space, then move into just general, uh, basically uh, edtech ecosystem, and then move on to the, the general market. So I would say edtech ecosystem is extremely fresh. I would give it not more than uh, half a year. <laughs> it, it actually started with pandemic as well, but it was like you know, like uh, let's say for the last uh, uh, for, for the previous like 20, 2020-2021 period, it was mostly you know just in, in 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 let's say a sandbox where you 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 would see only a couple of players there. 
trying to do the meetings, but but nothing really rolled out. And um, this uh, school year was, uh, I would say, the when really Ataklifenia emerged and formed. So we have our own, uh, you know, Ataklifenia uh, community, and uh, it's I would say it's active. We are trying to go to you know to Seimas, basically like you know House of Parliament, uh, and uh, we are trying to push you know uh, more support for new solutions to be uh, for, for the schools to pick up, and uh, basically basically for um, we are we are we are on this uh, let's say the um, being in front of um, digitalizing the uh, the national education, which and and and. We do feel that we receive a lot of support from government um, in a sense that we are being heard actively. Um, in terms of, you know, the uh, in terms of being uh, actively, you know, let's say making an active real change is something which, of course, for anything, and when, when you talk on a government level, it's slow. It's 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 you know, it's not there yet, but. First step has been made, which I'm happy about. Uh, of course, I'm sad about that. We don't. Uh, I would say that we don't have a vision for for for, Lithu- for Lithuania's education, which is super sad. Like we, like I saw and tried to like read, you know, like a couple of times, you know, like the the whole like vision, but it's like a bunch of uh, basically, um, I would say, object- key objectives, you know, rather than uh, where are we heading in terms of how will the lessons look like in in, in the future, um, what's what what is the outcome which we are trying to, to 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 provide for our students and our teachers. So, so yeah, so um, this is something which which is still I would say like. So everything is new. This is new baby, um, which uh, which is uh, ambitious um, and uh, really really active. Um, in terms of uh, general market, Lithuania is unique that in in, in a sense that <clears throat> maybe it's all in, in Baltics, but I'm, I will talk only about Lithuania that it picks up new concepts extremely fast. Like you, you know, it's 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 an amazing sandbox. Um, uh, everything you do, it's being heard. Uh, it's it's really not hard to just uh, push out a new solution. Sometimes even you know like startups without a product, we just do some form of good PR for free on LinkedIn, and and all, all the ecosystem knows them right away. So so it's in that sense, it's it's really a helpful market to launch, um, and it's a helpful market to start in a sense that you know it's so small that right that you see the ceilings from you know uh, when you you know from day one you start to grow you already see that okay the ceilings ceilings are uh, visible um, not somewhere over the horizons and this is why you already you, you are pushed to think internationally which is I would say a plus rather than a minus for the country um, and then again I would really invite uh, more international solutions to try um, to enter Lithuania because now Lithuanians are using that you know that that that, that plus it's it's as mentioned not a big market but it's definitely a market so um so so it can always extend your revenue um stream but uh, uh but yeah it's often overviewed uh because of you know the uh, size. Of normal reasons yeah size yeah, <laughs> yeah. so uh at the crowd uh, you hear uh, there is an opportunity uh maybe you should reconsider Lithuania. um as you said, um, there is no um, like a proper vision yet um, for the educational uh, system. So I usually ask the question: If you have a you know magic wand and you can change one thing in your country, hmm. what would like yeah. in the education system? What yeah. it would be? Is it the creating the proper vision or something else? 
No, like if one thing which would provide the biggest, biggest impact would be increasing teachers' salary to a level where you would have for one teacher's job position, 30 candidates, uh, 30 uh-huh. active candidates. This, this, this is something which, which has to be done uh, in order to, you know, for, for, to make really transformational changes. You can put attack, you can put, you know, like vision in front of that. But, but if, you know, um, if, if, if there is no one to, to, <laughs> to teach, to learn on even the computers, uh, you, will not have, you will not have a long-term success. Yeah, I think that's the problem of many countries and that's in the whole mindset of of uh, people who make the decisions, yeah, but uh, it was also like uh, in every country in a scale of this country is a big expense, so I understand yeah. it It rather happens gradually in most of the cases, but definitely, yeah, that's, definitely. that's the issue. Okay, yeah. um, and when you think about the education and ethic industry in general, like globally mm-hmm. what do you yeah. think is the future of it um it really depends i would say and uh, it, it will be a question of uh, basically of you know a societal acceptance um you know, in, in a sense that uh, what will what will stick so so what will be presented in the future i'm pretty sure so you know we basically have just to look into more developed uh, countries and and see what what, what is working in, in in there what are the paths which we are taking and this is something you know which i think like especially the cee region will have to eventually pick up because cee now doesn't doesn't haven't yet picked up anything uh, which, which is frustrating so uh, um uh, so 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 three basically examples uh, south korea finland and us um south korea you know being uh, providing like uh, the biggest num- <clears throat> the biggest uh, the lowest sorry trust uh, for uh, for students meaning that you know we are measuring the students uh, constantly and the outcome of your measurement will define your future if you fail okay. by one point you, you, you know your, your your life is over um, and this creates a highly competitive uh, really high outcome uh, high high intellectual performance uh, society uh, naturally, you have, you know, uh, uh, companies like Sony, like, you know, semiconductor industries emerging in there because of that such a high talent density. So this is like one path. Uh, that could be, of course, uh, you know, uh, um, accelerated by EdTech, uh, you know, putting on AI-based tests, uh, pushing that to the limit uh, to an extent where, like, right, you know, increasing the standards, but lowering the trust. Then you have the different poll, which is Finland, where the trust is basically maximum. You know, like there is just no um, distrust whatsoever between teachers, um, you know, um, students, uh, and the overall, uh, let's say, um, uh, decisions of the educational system. And uh, this comes, this starts from, um, you know, having the teachers being a, a prestigious profession. They are basically on the same level as doctors. They earn the same amount. The same amount of students try to get in, the same amount gets picked. So it's basically basically a doctor. And of course, you can trust that person. You know, that person is highly motivated to maintain his seat or she is the seat. Um, that person is motivated to try change because the vision, you know, is there and 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 thus uh, he can basically do whatever. And this is why I fully understand why Finns don't have any 
exams, homework, or the need anything, you know, and, and the outcomes are also really surprising, but they perform not, not worse than South Koreans do, learning way less, but it's like, you know, this uh, futuristic feel about that, you mm. know, that you, you, there's, there's just natural flows and trust all throughout, uh, you can go wherever you want, so really fascinating for me, super interesting. Um, unrealistic for me though like i do feel that that's like totally unrealistic to be to be at work at scale and they try to somehow export that knowledge to, to all to anyone who is listening but it's usually hard to, to, to do that um and then there is uh in us there's just one case can academy school which i really enjoy and uh, basically the way we do, we do that is uh, only like you know for google or like other you know like high startup uh, um, people uh, children so uh, it's like, you know, a private school um, and uh, what we do basically in the format is uh, works like this. On the first half of the day, they do uh, basically full trust, but attack based, which means that we know the outcomes, we measure them in a sense, uh, but you can do learn whatever you want online watch any courses, do AI-based tests, so, you know, um, consume content uh, and do basically um, asynchronous, uh, you know, uh, education um, on your own pace. And uh, after uh, the after lunch, on the second part of the day, this is where the collaborations start to take place. And, and we do basically mostly uh, STEAM-based, um, uh, you know, um, various experiments uh, but we are, this is where we, we do build, team building exercises we get you know hands-on approach in problem solving we, we have this soft skills being developed which is super important and i do feel that this this provides you know like trust to let's say i would say like a middle part where teacher becomes you know this curator plus challenger plus only slightly content pro, uh, provider but uh, but this is something which I, I do feel is it is it can be replicated so um, for me i would vote for the third option but who knows uh, what will be pushed out yeah, interesting uh, how, again, you can categorize it and uh, see like uh, the same outcome can be brought by totally different uh, systems. Uh, okay, um, we also uh, create this podcast for those who maybe are considering to start a tech business yeah. or uh, they just started, um, like they are a few steps behind you. So would, what would you recommend them uh, for, for those who are new to this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the hardest thing and the only thing which matters is getting customers. And uh, I would focus big, only uh, unless you're in the US, getting paid customers. Um, this is something which U.S. is unique in, in, in a sense that you can basically do a successful, uh, make a successful impact by by making free uh, uh, available products and you know scaling them uh, extremely fast and figuring out maybe after ten years or eight years how to monetize that. This is something I would say we we, we don't have luxury for, and the European VCs and uh, the whole ecosystem is designed in a sense that um, it's. Um, Survival of the fittest. Mm-hmm. Get to the first, I would say, maybe 
5,000 euros monthly revenue and uh, don't have a product until you do that. Like uh, this is something which, which uh, time and time again, people fail to do. We bring, we bring you know, sketches, uh, slides, uh, you know, uh, maybe sometimes even platforms where you look, we have something, you know, and it just really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if it's a test. It doesn't matter if it's a lesson. It really doesn't matter. What matters is just show me how much revenue you do in a month. And the, only then, after it's like you know five thousand euros or whatever, it's because it starts to become interesting. And then you you know you look into that and you ask yourself, is this can this thing grow? You know, like can, can you scale this? You know, if it's a physical location, uh, maybe not so much. You know, like if 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 it's you know purchases for, for schools which are like you know like the market isn't there because it's only for vocational schools which I have you know like basically this one profession, then maybe maybe it it, it, it could be it couldn't be scaled or maybe it could, but uh, only then you start to ask like how do I look into this you know um, uh, thing growing? So so being pre um, pre-traction um, in, in the pre-traction stage it's critically important to be focused solely on revenue and forget about the product uh, and uh, once you get that you know it will the blood will start coming in and you will you will take a first your first <laughs> breath then and this is where then you can start to think about things uh, okay that's uh, I think uh, yeah very interesting and uh, necessary comment because uh, many people as you said, focus on product and um, the other thing I, I think your uh, key to success is that you actually been doing the tutoring for some time so you understand it from different perspectives and I see also not so many people in edtech I they actually have some kind of experience in education mm -hmm. but they rather see the market opportunity because all of us went to school, so it means we understand it, but uh, it's also good to know it from different perspectives. So I think that's, yes. that's also another per thing to at least know someone, have your co-founder or mentor who is yeah. from this. For me, it was two things: being in education for a long time and being in startups. You know, so so this 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 led me to a tech startup. Before our call, I actually saw this one picture where uh, there was basically um, an analysis on um, all the tech unicorns, like top twenty tech unicorns, uh, which which showed whether the founder has educational experience or not. So uh, two thirds had, one third didn't. So uh, it doesn't it, it it isn't necessarily the case. But uh, I'm pretty sure that it helps. I actually wanted to ask you: uh, Did you know the term edtech before you actually started uh, Mambi? That's a good question. Um, probably yes, but just because I was really deep diving for a year into that. But until then. I wouldn't say so. Maybe so. So like 2019, maybe this is when the term was. Uh, this is when I picked up the term. Yeah, you know, because you said uh, you never been invited to EdTech podcast, and uh, the truth is that uh, the industry is quite young. Uh, in I mean, I did EdTech pre-COVID, and that was actually the time when uh, not many people knew this term and didn't see the money in education. And so. And still, there are not too many uh, podcasts uh, related to uh, this uh, industry. Okay, um, yeah. very interesting discussion. Uh, I think very inspiring uh, for many. 
it could be. Uh, the last question I usually ask, do you read books? Yeah, every day. Uh, okay, so that's perfect. Uh, so maybe you can have some recommendation for at the crowd about um, some book which you mm -hmm. recommend them to read. So actually, I haven't been able, and if, if you know any life-changing books, you, you will have to share with me, Mateusz, uh, but I haven't been able to hit anything worthwhile reading, and I think I know why. I've spoken with a lot of you know people in, in the industry, and uh, we, we, we talked about that. One thing, EdTech is really new thing, um, so um, this, this is one thing, and the other is it really dramatically changes all throughout. So and what that means is if you are reading a book, it is most likely, you know, just uh, it, it, it can be outdated uh, for, for tech, you know, not for education. And But even for education, I have been able to find, you know, like a really uh, eye-opening um, book. But for startups, there are, there are many which, which really helped me. So um, I read articles. So research is something which basically, um, let's say a good research will in five years turn out into a book. So uh, why not just read an article? You will save time, plus you will be always on the pulse of what is new. So um, actually, our product was built and, and all, the, uh, all the fundamentals were done by every day um, me dedicating like, you know, 30 minutes to an hour of uh, just article uh, research. I use JSTOR um, database and I just type in whatever I feel that like today, sometimes it's and they see what's popping up. Sometimes it's more, you know, like what is synchronous, what is asynchronous learning, what are the top now most effective, you know, features uh, there. So, so uh, I would say read, but read articles if you really want to be um, in front of the game. Okay, uh, fair enough <laughs> with the recommendation, uh, but but that's true. That's um, I think there are a lot of papers, like more scientific papers or like articles but yeah not so many books about the subject uh, itself uh, thank you very much Aymantas uh, I think it's a really interesting um, point of view from your side uh, do you want to say last words to at the crowd it's hard to start it, it really is and it's it's it doesn't get any easier and it just becomes probably harder and harder but uh, for us, I would say you are either in education or, or, or you aren't. And if you're in, you know that you're in. It's, it's just, you know, this feeling which uh, lit up um, with my first lesson. And it's, 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 it's getting, you know, just uh, stronger and stronger. So if you feel that you have that, you have to pursue that, you know, no matter what. So, uh, so either you, you do your, your own project or you join a project, but don't, don't even think about, you know, dropping that. Great, that's a uh, good message. Uh, thank you very much. And um, for our at the crowd, uh, if you like it, uh, leave the comment. You can leave it uh, on Spotify, for example, or Apple Podcasts. And yeah, if you are waiting for the next uh, episodes, uh, you can subscribe at the crowd. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot.